Well, this morning we conclude our This Is Us series. Over the past few weeks, we have focused on those core foundational truths of our faith that unite us together. We went back to the very beginning and were reminded that all people are created in the image of God and are called to reflect that image out into the world. We journeyed with Noah on the ark and heard God's covenant promise that claims us all. In the Psalms, we found the assurance that God sees us, God knows us, and God loves us. And then last week came the affirmation that our differences, though they may be many, are not to be ignored but celebrated as necessary for us to exist as the united body of Christ, as the family of God together. This is us. The image of God, the claimed by God, the uniquely gifted and graced by God, the loved by God. This is who God tells us we are, and this is the identity we are to embrace. And so as we reflect on these past few weeks, we must ask ourselves, how are we doing? How are we doing with embracing this identity? How are we as a church embodying these truths? From the outside looking in, is that who people would say we are? Or maybe to think about it a different way, is the this is us identity part of the legacy we are leaving? Now, whether we want to admit it or not, we all want to leave some kind of legacy, some sort of mark in the world. We want our lives to have made a difference, to make an impact on something or on someone. For some, it may be our name on a building or a plaque or, or an award. For others, it's having something of ours treasured. A book written, a, a movie produced, a discovery made. And then for others, it may be for no other reason than to have an impressive obituary. I got to thinking a lot about obituaries this week as I was preparing for my sermon. I know it's very exciting, uplifting work. Um, but I did come across a few entertaining obituaries. Take Danny Lloyd of North Carolina, for instance. It was written about him. He was a generous man, giving away many of his possessions in the months before he died. He even left his car to 12 different friends, depending on who visited him last. <laughs> or Terry Ward of Indiana. He was a renowned distributor of popsicles and ice cream sandwiches to his grandchildren. He also turned on such programs as Phineas and Ferb for his grand youngins, usually when they were actually there. And finally, Mary Stocks of Toronto. Her children write, she was a master cook in the kitchen. She believed in overcooking everything until it chewed like rubber, so you would never get sick because all the germs had been burned away. 
Freezing germs also worked, so by Friday our school sandwiches were hard and chewy, but totally germ-free. And her children write, all four of us learned to use a napkin. You would pretend to cough, spit the food into it, and thus was born the Stocks family diet. <laughs> now each of these folks left a legacy, some a little more colorful than others, but a legacy nonetheless. As people of faith, what is our legacy to be? How is God inviting us to leave our mark? Well, Jesus had a little bit to say about this near the end of his earthly ministry. As he was teaching his disciples about the kingdom of God, he gave them an image to consider, a parable of sorts, about looking back on our lives and the impact that we have had. This morning we're going to read from Matthew chapter 25, beginning with the 31st verse. You'll see it up on the screens as we read. Now when the human one comes in his majesty and all his angels are with him, he will sit on his majestic throne. All the nations will be gathered in front of him. He will separate them from each other, just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right side, but the goats he will put on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who will receive good things from my father. Inherit the kingdom that was prepared for you before the world began. I was hungry, and you gave me food to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothes to wear. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then those who are righteous will reply to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you as a stranger and welcome you, or naked and give you clothes to wear? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? Then the king will reply to them, I assure you that when you have done it for one of the least of these my brothers and sisters of mine, you have done it for me. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So here we have King Jesus returning to earth and gathering all people before him. He then separates them into two camps based on the way they treated him while on earth. Those who fed him, clothed him, welcomed him, cared for him, they are put on one side, while the others who ignored him are placed on the other it seems like a logical separation, right? Of course, those that honored the king would receive some sort of honor in return, a place of honor in God's kingdom. But the people receiving this honor are surprised and even a bit confused. When did we see you, Jesus? When did we do these things you claim we did? It strikes me that the people are almost willing to argue with Jesus on his method of separation. Now, it might say something about me, but if I was grouped in with the righteous people, I would just be thankful and keep my mouth shut. 
no questions asked, I'm here, I'll take it. But I guess that's what makes this group of sheep set apart from the goats. They asked the king, when did we do this? We don't recall seeing you. It's not that they questioned that they would have responded that way to Jesus, but they honestly cannot point to a moment when they did. And so Jesus informs them, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. When you saw someone who was hungry and fed them, you fed me. When you saw someone naked and you gave them something to wear, by doing that, you gave me something to wear. When you saw a stranger, someone who no one would dare approach, you went to them and welcomed them. And by doing so, you came and welcomed me. Jesus says, you reached out and touched the untouchable, cared for the vulnerable, visited the forgotten. And by doing so, you touched me, cared for me, visited me. You can almost see the people begin to to play back the video of their lives. And they start to remember that that scruffy beard and dirty coat of the man at the homeless shelter, the man they, they served just a cup of soup to and then sat down next to him just to see how he was doing. They begin to see the faces of the children who were orphaned and abandoned, left with only the clothes on their back and their bare feet. And they remember how they banded together to to fill the closets and to provide them with shoes. The people begin to sniff the air, recalling the smell of those delicious homemade tamales, of the immigrant woman who, who invited them in for a homemade meal when they went to welcome her to the neighborhood. Or maybe the the hair on the back of their neck began to to stand at attention as they recalled that clank of the door behind them when they went to visit the jail. And how scared they were. But then how their hearts were warmed as the Holy Spirit moved amongst the people in the orange jumpsuits. As each of these images appear, the the faces start to become clearer. Each face different and unique, and yet each one starting to point back. Pointing back to one face, to one man, to Jesus. They had answered a call and weren't even aware They had chosen not to ignore, but to look at those around them, to truly see them not as other, but as part of themselves. In the faces of these people, they had seen 
the face of Christ. Now before this moment, as they looked back on their lives, I doubt any of them would have said they were leaving some great legacy. They were just ordinary people traveling through life, trying to do the best they can. To do good, to raise a family, try not to step on too many toes or make too many people mad, to keep a job, to retire comfortably. No great impact made, no great transformations occurring. And yet Jesus the King comes to them and says, my brothers and sisters, you have left the greatest legacy of all, a legacy of love. In the eyes of God, our greatest legacy isn't about the big, powerful, life-changing acts and miracles that, that grab all the attention, that make the news. Instead, our legacy comes in the ways we interact with the world on a daily basis. Our legacy comes through kindness and compassion, through mercy and love. We aren't called to something great in the eyes of the world. We are called to something good in the eyes of God. We say that again. We aren't called to something great in the eyes of the world, but something good in the eyes of God. That is how we, as a people of faith, leave our legacy. And so this is us leaving a legacy, individually and as a community. Have you considered the, the legacy you're leaving? Have we, as a church, put much thought into the legacy we are leaving in our community? Well, I'm so grateful that in just the six weeks I've been here, I've seen the pastor's pantry open on Sunday afternoons for anyone in the community, no questions asked, just come and get some food if you're hungry. I've seen our church over the past four Sundays pack 2,000 lunches for the children in our community who may not get a meal during the summer when they're out of school. I've heard about the, the mission trips that are coming up in October, the, the mountaintop trips. There, there's an information session about those next week when, when members of our church will head to the mountains, to some of the poorest areas to serve our brothers and sisters, and we as a community will collect shoes and boots so that the workers may continue their work. These are just a few of the ways that I have seen this church begin to build a legacy. 
We're not looking for just one big thing to put us on the map. Instead, we want to be that constant presence of kindness and compassion, of mercy and of love. But even as we celebrate these aspects of our legacy, we, we can't rest yet. Right? The call continues. Our work is not yet complete because he is here. Did you know it? Did you know it here at East Cobb United Methodist, here in East Cobb, in Marietta, in Roswell, in Smyrna, in Atlanta? He is here. Jesus is here. In the faces of our neighbors, in the faces of those we pass in the grocery store, in the faces of those who are pumping the gas right next to us, he is here. Do you see him? Will you love him? That is the whole message of, of the gospel of Matthew, that Jesus is here. It begins with the story of Jesus' birth, and Matthew tells us that his name is Emmanuel, God with us. And then the gospel, it ends with Jesus saying, Lo, I am with you always. And then all those stories in between, Throughout the gospel, it's pointing us over and over and over again to where Jesus is in our lives and how we are to respond. What will we do when we see Jesus? Because he is here with us. And we learn in these stories that it's not about being able to, to spout off memorized scripture in his face or to list some big theological treatise or even to abide by a strict set of rules. When we see Jesus, we are to love Jesus. When we see the hungry, we are to feed them. When we see the thirsty, we are to give them something to drink. When we see the naked, we are to clothe them. The sick, to care for them. The stranger, to welcome them. The imprisoned, to visit them. To see Jesus in all the faces around us. that's what Jesus did. He saw and he loved. May that be the impact we leave on this earth. May that be the mark we make, the legacy we leave. A legacy of kindness and compassion, of mercy and of goodness. This is us leaving a legacy, a legacy of love. Let us pray. A holy and gracious God, you are with us. God with us. 
walking alongside us. Help us open our eyes so that we may see you in the faces of all those around us. And that when we see you, we will reach out with love. May that be the legacy that we are leaving, each of us as children of God, all of us as the family of God, leaving a legacy of love that we know through the power of your Holy Spirit will leave the greatest impact of all. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.